Welcome to The Seller's Corner, an e-commerce podcast with real stories from real sellers. Each episode, we sit down with online sellers all across the globe and talk about overcoming challenges, scaling, and putting processes around their online businesses. Welcome to the show. Hey, this is Chani, and I run marketing at A Seller List. Today, we're going to be talking to Matt, a library specialist who's turning six figures online annually and he's here to tell you more about it. Let's have a chat with Matt to help you and inspire you on your seller journey. So what's your store about and why did you pick those items that you sell? Okay, well, I've been doing this a good minute. Amazon's just a part of my business. I started out in the punk rock scene. I was living in Southern California and I'd go to punk rock shows at the Roxy, Chain Reaction, et cetera. And I'd have a table of zines and books from AK Press. I was president of the social activism club in high school. And I just read books and wanted to change the world. I was young and thought I could. I've always been a collector. 2008, I went to college in Missouri and I was working at the academic library and then they liked what I did. I uh, learned how to do bibliography and catalog the biggest equestrian collection in the world. And one of the librarians hired me at the public library where I worked the reference desk. And in college, unfortunately, I was selling on half, which is part of eBay at the time. And I was ecstatic because I was getting paid 12 bucks an hour and I was tripling my salary selling books that were donated or discarded online. And that's kind of how I got started. It's always been kind of on the back burner. I found a book. It was called New Stories by Charles Dickens. And it was a first edition that was being offered on the marketplace for $500. And at that moment, my life just changed. And I opened up an entirely different world for me with books actually having, you know, monetary value and significance. The library I worked at wanted to pay for me to go get my master's of science, but I left for Florida and was involved in the equestrian world. I've always sold books on the side. I worked for a nonprofit in uh, Florida called Faith Farms and handled around 3,000-ish books donated a week. And wasn't until, I'd probably say like seven years ago, Eight years ago, I started to delve into Amazon, and this is my third year of not having another job or side hustle. I've always been about, you know, working for myself and making money and just trying to survive. I was running an illegal taxi cab service with a couple of friends because there's no Uber or Lyft at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, I offered rides. I'm not sure how familiar you are with like uh, miniature books. Every year they have a conclave. And uh, in 2016, there was a miniature book conclave and I was offering rides in exchange for books. And I met a dealer, Kim, and she was wonderful. She connected me with this organization called IOBA and it's for internet selling of books. I traded her a first edition, second state of life in, on the Mississippi by Mark Twain for a ride to and from Dallas. And right now I'm partners with a bookstore in Ardmore, Oklahoma called Stranger Than Fiction. We have roughly 70,000 books in the store. I'd say about 
15 to 20,000 of them are my books. And then I have a rare book section there. I sell on Amazon, eBay, uh, Biblio, Etsy. I consider myself a dealer's dealer. I'll sell to established dealers and just pass books up the food chain. Oh, that's pretty cool. So do you just do like books or magazines, just anything like reading material type of thing? My passion is books. I love books. As far as Amazon goes and what Accelerolist's focus is, I do everything on Amazon. I stopped doing CDs. I do video games. I'm a renewed seller, which is kind of unusual. There's not too many people that do that. So I restore video game systems, fix them, and then sell them as refurbished. I'll do a little bit of everything. Oh, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, and what do you enjoy books doing? Books are my passion, though. I guess the thrill of the hunt, like everyone else, in my area, I live at the site where the Trail of Tears end in, in Oklahoma. It's Choctaw Nation. I like finding stuff that is historically significant in this area. So do you follow any influences or do you read up any books to help you with your reselling journey? Yeah. So I thought about like how to answer that question that would benefit people and I'm just going to name drop a few people that I really respect that a lot of Amazon sellers, they're not really aware of. There's a lot of ways to sell books. Dealer I really, really like is Driftless Books, Eddie Nix, Yesterday's Muse by Jonathan Smalter, Heather O'Donnell, who does Honey and Wax. Like I respect people in the trade that have done it for a long time. In the Amazon spectrum, I guess the dealer that I really like his content and what he does would be a Murph Books. I think he's uh, really honest with the videos he shared. And I like how he's phasing Amazon out. He's doing a lot of interesting things. And anytime a business is for teachers and helping their local community, I think that's pretty radical. So Absolutely. I guess he would be one of the Amazon sellers and he's a mega seller. But I like more dealers. I think bibliographic descriptions are really important. And so that's an area myself I struggle with. And I like learning from other rare bookies on how to do it. Okay, great. And is there anything, an influence in particular that you really follow said that, you know, had inspired or, you know, impacted your business positively? Everything. I get inspiration from everything. Books I read, uh, I'd say Umberto Eco is probably one of the biggest influencers in my life. I love his books and literature, and I'm just like in awe of his mind and what he talks about with books. You know, mm -hmm. book selling's been around since 400 BC. It's, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. every moment in history, you know, like it's been with the history of books. I definitely think we are blessed living in 2021, having Amazon as a sales channel where people can, you know, make a living selling books and yep. not working for anyone. You know, that's, we're all blessed. And I think we should all be thankful for that. Absolutely. And do you think physical books would ever be phased out? Do you think there is a world that we're heading to that's just going to be eBooks? Absolutely. Not. And all the signs say the complete opposite. You know, if you look at 
auctions, the mm-hmm. books are reaching astronomical levels and people prefer books. And, you know, the studies that have come out in academia say that people learn better with reading books rather than, you know, on a screen. But it is at the same time, ebooks have their own purpose, the transformative nature of getting knowledge into people across cultures and barriers. That's just simply astounding. If you think back a hundred years ago, books were for the upper classes and publishers such as Modern Library in you know, 1930s changed that where they gave it the common folks in reading. And, you know, you see a resurgence in arts and literature, the Renaissance. If you look at the Renaissance, it's from the history of books. When Christianity became the state religion and philosophy was, you know, pagan and destroyed. Uh, If you trace the history of Plato, it went to the Middle East and they translated it into Arabic and used those principles to, for, you know, like a sacred geometry for algebra. Mm -hmm. And then it went from, you know, the Middle East to Europe and they retranslated that, those works and sparked a Renaissance. So the more people read and the more books come out, it just spreads knowledge and it's a benefit for humanity. And personally, I'm very impressed with Generation Z. They Mm -hmm. love books. They're the biggest customers in the bookstore. I think books are going to be around forever. Fantastic. Well, you heard it from the expert. I'm glad because I love books myself too. And I prefer that over like a Kindle or reading on the screen, really. You know, I heard you like fantasy. Do Do you collect any fantasy books? No, I tend to read a lot of self-improvement books, like Atomic Habits and things like that. Okay. And um, the book version, the physical book's much better in learning things, as opposed to, say, if I'm reading motivational stuff on a screen, it doesn't feel as good. (laughs) Yes. So can you tell me about any communities online? Are you like on a reselling Facebook group or like a Discord group, for example? I'm on a few Discord groups with book dealers. I'm in all the Facebook groups for Amazon. I follow them. You know, knowledge is power. I'm open to joining other groups. That's all I really have to say about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm always interested in learning. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. And then, in terms of how your typical day is, can you walk us through that? Uh, well, today was a long day. I'm in charge of the library cell for a city near me. And so I moved ton of books, setting it up. The sale starts tomorrow. There's, I think, around 15,000, and I sell for them. One thing that I would mention that would help Amazon sellers is to think outside yourself. When I stopped analyzing Keepa and just thinking about the money and changed my premise to what good I could do in the world, what impact I can make, a lot more doors opened. You know, this library went from you know, making a thousand dollars and my business generated them seven thousand for their library sale, which creates programs for children to read, people to get a GED class. And when you put good out into the world rather than just me, 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 money, 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 it makes life a lot better. I know a lot of people are very into sales data and looking at books as a stock portfolio, more power to them. However, I've found personally more doors open when you do good. So that's my outlook. Absolutely. And in the past uh, year, ever since the pandemic has started, 
has your business faced any specific challenges? Well, yes. When the pandemic started, I was living in like a uh, where I had a lot of people around me and I moved into the bookstore and I lived in the bookstore for two months. It was devastating for the bookstore retail environment. And my partner is 76 years old. So I set her up with eBay and it's thriving and growing. And I'm about to teach her how to use your software accelerator list. You know, it's simple enough for a 76 year old woman to, to use. And it has some utility for mass listing of books in a fast manner. So it changed everything. I think COVID changed it better. It benefited online sellers more than anything, like significant increases because of COVID. And that was great for me, but it destroyed a lot of mom and pop businesses. Yeah. So how much do you make months now? You can give us an approximate range. Well, I'm striving to sell a quarter million this year. That's kind of the area I'm at. That sounds good, but the simple reality is, and this is the thing that a lot of people do, they say they sell so much. However, that's not reality. That's not what you net. There's Amazon's fees. I think that if you're going to ask someone that, they need to tell you their average sales price of books because that's more of a valid metric. I'm personally trying to phase Amazon out and develop other avenues for selling. I can't do it yet because, you know, Amazon's a good honeypot, but eventually I'd like to focus more on $200 plus books and not the, I guess, hustle and bustle of scanning books and all that. Yeah. And um, do you feel that the seller community online on Amazon has grown in the past months because of the pandemic? Oh, of course. It has grown a lot. I think that a lot of things that are accepted as canon necessarily aren't true. And I think that there's multiple ways of doing it. And I think that the madness of crowds works a lot with the Amazon selling community that is just not solid advice. One case in point would be collectible books with the crazy price changing things. A lot of people listen to sellers that just said, oh yeah, put them under collectible books. And that's how you list them. And it's just collectible books are there for a reason. I know it's common that a lot of people say that, you know, listing under collectible books is where books go to die. And that's not true at all. Learning why a book is collectible is fantastic. It's a big part of my uh, business model. And this is something that I'll share that would help out a lot of people. I call it reverse phishing. You know, you use scanning software, right? And it'll tell you, okay, this book sells for three bucks. Great. I'm going to buy it for 10 cents, 25 cents at the thrift store, make $3. However, you know, if that book has case points where it's a first edition, you know, that $3 profit you're making, you could change it into, in some cases, you know, $50, $200 profit. So I'll look at uh, sellers on listings. I have uh, roughly 500 books I keep track of and buy when they're listed uh, by Amazon sellers to resell myself. So it's kind of like reverse of, you know, the software for, you know, book arbitration. There's tons of ways to make money. And, you know, that's learning about the books and the material and how a book's value can increase is very important. 
And just so I have an understanding from last year compared to this year, how much has your sales increased? Well, they just changed with storage limits. So last year was with the start of COVID was much better. I hover around 15 to 25 a month in gross Mm -hmm. on Amazon. That's why I consider myself a smaller seller compared to many in the Amazon community that are killing it. 15 to 25,000 here, not sales here. Yeah. Okay, great. So what are your, I guess, hopes and dreams for the long-term? My long-term dream is to own a bookstore. I want to build a studio apartment above it and become a curmudgeon and just read books. Something... (laughs) that is influential to me is Mm -hmm. is this book by Larry McCurkey, who is a rare books man. He wrote Lonesome Dove. He wrote this book called Cadillac Jack, and the uh, main character is essentially a scouter. He crisscrosses the country, you know, flipping stuff. And I guess that's what I want to do, and that's what I do. But my long-term goal is to do this the rest of my life, and that involves owning a bookstore. That's the only way to really make it a lifetime of selling. And I think that bookstores are fundamentally important for communities. Uh, Right now I have the bookstore. I have like three places with antique booths that I sell some stuff. That's what I want to do. Continue to build my client list to sell to individuals rather than, you know, having Amazon or eBay get a cut. I'd rather sell directly to them and make friends and learn. That's what I'm about. That's great. Do you have any bits of advice for anyone that's starting out? Yes. The standard is, okay, a listing software, get scanning software. That's A to Z basic stuff, and it can change your life, and it'll help you and your family, and that's great. However, you could get the next level and continue to grow and do better, specialize in something, become an expert on something no one knows about. I think that's an untapped market. Wherever you live, find out about the local history, poets, historical events, whatever. There's tons of books that are micro press or small press that explain really significant historical events that are unknown, that don't have a sales history. For example, I live about 30 miles from Bonham, Texas, and uh, Sam Rayburn, he was the longest speaker of the house in the country. He was an avid bookman. They have library of his books and learning Prohibition Party and Supply Alcohol because of their political influence in the 1940s and 50s, which still resonate. And that is important. And that's where history, if you look at academia, history is going. I opened up a bookstore in Kansas City, or I helped open up a bookstore called Crossroads Info Shop. It was a radical bookstore. In 2016, University of Kansas acquired the zines, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, zines about music and politics for their collections. There's all sorts of things like, and it could be anything that are collected for historical reasons. And you're able to monetize that if your eyes are open to opportunities and you can 
explain the significance of something. And you could take any class or just read forums and learn the basics. But if you want to grow, it's just learning more. And I try to do that daily myself. Well, we've come to the end of the questions and I really appreciate, you know, all the candid knowledge that you've shared with us. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Seller's Corner. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to podcast at accelerlist.com. Accelerlist also offers a generous 21-day free trial when you enter coupon code PODCAST on the registration page. Now is the time to start with Amazon and break into freedom with your own business.